Hello, this is Louise and a really warm welcome to Successful Student Transitions, a podcast hosted by me and Elizabeth Gillies. Our aim is to support you as you step out, find your new gear and thrive in the next stage of your life. So, you're listening to Series 4, Lean Into Student Life. This series is for you if you're a first year university student who's just arrived at uni. For eight weeks, we're offering tips for settling well through this life transition. In this episode, we share five tips for coping with the dips and homesickness. You know, when we make change in our life, there can be ups and downs. And while the downs can feel challenging, there is growth to be had in these experiences. I like this quote from Andy Rooney. He says, everyone wants to live on top of the mountain, but all the happiness and growth occurs while you're climbing it. So we hope that this episode gives you some tips as you climb out of the dips and onto the peaks of this university experience. Before we begin the episode, please, 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 would you help us by following this podcast on your app of choice and share it with your friends. Also, if you'd like to receive the playbook that goes with these episodes, providing show notes, questions for self-reflection and additional resources, go to louisewiles.com forward slash lean in. So that's louisewiles, W-I-L-E-S.com forward slash lean dash in to sign up for free access to the playbooks for all of these eight episodes. So on with today's episode. Welcome to our sixth episode where we'll discuss the dip and feeling homesick. As well as this listening to the podcast, we'd really encourage you to have a read at your university resources information about being a new student. Often there'll be information and support about culture shock for international students and we think this is useful for all students. It's not necessarily a new country for students in the UK, although you could be moving to a very different part of the country and all that is new. Moving into university culture is a transition. When people are moving abroad, an adjustment curve, a kind of U-shaped curve is shared to help people prepare, prepare for possible changes, changes in themselves in this transition. And we've talked about this with you before. There's that initial high of the honeymoon period when things are fun and exciting, maybe a bit nerve wracking too, or freshers week. The high is often followed by a dip in how you're feeling. And it's the low point of the curve that takes you down to the U at the bottom. There's the realisation that you're here for the long run. The fun part may be over and the more serious work starts. Do you recognise this? Often it's seen in university students about that six week period. Sometimes the dip might come earlier or later, but it's often a feature of change. So we'll introduce you to tip one today, which is you will likely experience a dip in your emotional well-being with questions about why and what you're doing. You may be feeling homesick and wanting to return to a more familiar place or think about being somewhere else. So some common features of the dip that we have heard from new students are that feeling of isolation and loneliness. It's hard to communicate with other people because you haven't found your friendships or your tribe yet. New is tiring. You can be exhausted. You might want to get away from this place. You'll be missing home, friends, your old routine. You might feel a bit low. And others around you might be feeling like this too. And when other people feel like this, 
it might bring these feelings in you even more. And it can be a bit contagious. What else might be around at the time, this time, Louise, for these new students? Yes, I mean, I think you might also be feeling a bit frustrated, um, you know, taking you more time to settle and make friends than you perhaps expected. You may be feeling a loss in the feelings that you can do things, you know, a loss of confidence and competence, because when we do new things and we have to develop new skills for those new things, we may feel that we're not so competent and capable and that can impact on our confidence. You might have questions and doubts about the decision you've made, whether it's the right one, are you on the right course at the right university? And you might be feeling a little bit anxious, worrying what other people might be thinking if you're not enjoying this university life and how to talk about that. Yeah, so it's, it can be a complicated picture. This is the complicated picture and it's what the dip is about. So that number one tip is there could well be a dip in a kind of picture of you feeling unsettled. What about tip two, Louise? What's tip two today? Okay, so tip two is that with change, you have this period of transition and these dips are part of that transition process. And I think one thing to say about the dip is it might not just, it might not be one dip. <laughs> there might be a, a few dips and they may not all be the same depth of dip. Um, usually they're not. Um, and you might just have you know, three very light dips. It's different for everybody. So not to say that you have to have a dip. If you're not having a dip, that's fine. <laughs> but I think it's a really tough message to hear that there may be or is likely to be a dip in how you're feeling about this transition, you know, transition that you've planned and you've talked about for such a long time and all that work to get your A-level or IB qualifications and get to this university. It's been a long long path and it can be difficult to hear that yeah it's not always going to be smooth sailing and you know we talked about this when we introduced the the transition cycle starting university is the entering phase so when you start at the beginning it's hard work and there's a book called the dip um, written by Zeth Godin and he says the dip is the long slog between starting and mastery. So notice the word slog. <laughs> it involves effort. It might be tricky, challenging. It may cause us to question ourselves. And importantly, it's good to know the research. The dip tends to last for a few weeks with gradual adjustment and arise out of the U-shaped curve. So it is a common feature of change. And you know, remember it in that way. It's a common feature of change. It's not something that you're doing wrong. I think that's really important. So, Elizabeth, what thoughts have you about how we manage this dip? So let's talk about that then. So tip three is about how you manage this dip. And it's exactly as you said there. Know that it happens and how you view it is important. Do you see it as part of this change cycle, adjusting to new places and people, or is it a time to panic? Oh, my goodness, what's happening to me? You know, do you plan for a bad day knowing that there could be one? Do you know what's helped you get through changes before? If you can preempt the dip or recognise that you're in it and have a plan, that's a really useful approach. And it's often something I do with young people going off to university. I say, well, let's just plan for a bad day. Um, imagine it's just a day, but if it needs to be longer than that, we can make it longer than that. 
Another thing you can do is try to keep an open mind. Remember your effort into exploring and choosing the right university for you. You know, I've heard someone say that you might estimate the time spent doing this weeks and months uh, of giving yourself time to work through anything, work through where you're going, work about what you're going to do. And give yourself this time to work through any doubts or thoughts too. So it's a kind of matched number. If you've been thinking about weeks and months of preparing for this, be thinking about weeks and months maybe when you're going to have some doubts. In the Mind in Your Mind podcast, remember we talked about negativity bias. And once we focus on challenges and difficulties, it can be really hard to see the benefits and opportunities of our situation. So thinking about just taking your time and working through things might give you a balanced perspective. And if you're feeling homesick, think of what will help you. Will it be some regular family contact, going home for a weekend, maybe your parents visiting you? I know some students are given the advice about not making contact with their family in the first few weeks. And though this might work for some students and their family, I would rather you work out what is right for you. It might mean that you you need a bit more support because you don't know many people at that beginning stage. But what about what do you think, Louise, about those those comments? Yeah, I think well, everyone does everything differently. I think that's the important thing. You know, we all have different sort of family connections and the ways of being with our family. So I think it's important that we bear that in mind. And you might want more contact with your family and friends over the first few weeks and months whilst you're sort of settling in and, and building some new connections in your new location. Because it's really not good to feel isolated and lonely. We're social creatures after all, and we need that connection. That's so important to our well-being. And it's also, also really important to be honest about how you're feeling and work out ways to ease this common homesickness feeling. I think, um, you know, we we have expectations about what we're going to feel and then perhaps you get taken by surprise as well. So I think that's important to recognise that we're not always going to be predictable. And remember, it helps to get involved. So really notice if you're holding yourself back from being involved and doing things with others, yeah, it is a slog to get involved and to have to go to things and meet people, join clubs and so on. Uh, but it is really, really important to do that. Then also think back to your core fundamentals of sleep, eating, rest, the last week's podcast and exercise. It's so important to be making dis- decisions about how you're using your time at uni and, and decisions, big decisions about university choices when you're at your best. So look after yourself and keep an eye on those fundamentals. Anything else, Elizabeth? You know, I think it's also time you might, when you might be comparing yourself with others, viewing them as more settled or more con- connected. And while this might be hard to see, we remind you again that everybody has their own pace in getting settled. Everybody's different. And maybe notice that comparing is not that helpful. So bring back your focus to what you're doing to be the kind of student you want to be. And if you're with others who are in that dip too, you know that can be tough. <laughs> know that these feelings of unsettledness can be infectious and might make you be thinking, well, should I be thinking about this too? So at this time, keep connected with your old friends and family who will listen to you and help you talk out those kind of worries that you might have. 
Anything else on that one? There's a lot here, isn't there, Louise? I think there is a lot. And that, there's one thought here, and that is just make sure you use any university support that's available. Um, you know, it's often good to know what's available before you get there. And there will definitely be a range of services. Hopefully you've discovered those now. But the wellbeing services will offer support. There might be some face-to-face drop-ins and mentoring. Often there's mentoring around subjects, so look out for that. And then, of course, don't forget your tutor as well. They're there to help you with your wellbeing and direct you to services if necessary, so they can do that. And then, of course, there's online services as well, so look for those. They're all going to be aware of the challenges of being a new student. There's a lot written and talked about this now in universities, so it's not something that will be a surprise to them. And this culture shock for many students is common, and it's not permanent. That's the important thing to say. You will move through this. Um, But then, Elizabeth, I think perhaps we need to explore what happens if, as a student, you know that a change is needed. You know, it's more than a dip you think perhaps this isn't the right choice for you. What do we do then? Well, tip four is about noticing when actual change might be needed, change is needed. And I think Louise and I, you both know students who have made decisions to change university or change courses, you know, to step away from some hopes and dreams that they've long planned for. And it can be that can be a tough thing to do. It's hard, isn't it? Absolutely, it really is. And of course, you've made a big investment of time and energy in making what you felt was the best decision at the time. And so then feeling now that it's perhaps not right for you and you do want some change, it's not easy. And it can be scary because you know you're going to have to talk to people about this change. I think it's important if you're thinking, I don't want to be here. Well, ask yourself, what? where do you want to be? What else might there be? That's a really important to do the contrast because that might make you realise that, oh, actually, okay, perhaps this is where I do want to be in the end. It might make you realise it definitely doesn't. So that's a very helpful thing to do. There might be a whole range of thoughts and feelings about you and also about others and what they might be thinking about you and your choices. There's a recent stats statistic in the UK, 2022, and it reported that one in 16 students left university before the end of their first year, often at the end of the first term or beginning of the second term. So it's not an uncommon thing. You're not the only one. If you are having these thoughts, you're not the only one. Yeah, I I think there could be a whole range of factors behind that kind of wanting to leave or actually leaving universities. I mean, it could be the dip. As we've said, that's a common thing. But it could be something more than that. It could be the course or where the university is located. It could be your accommodation. You know, for a lot of students at the moment, costs are really important. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a big issue to be thinking about. So the, there's lots of factors that might be involved in this desire to change. And we would strongly encourage you to talk with someone you trust, a parent, a good friend, somebody at the university, before making a decision and having a sounding board and gaining some perspective on this. Um, They'll want to listen in to see if it is something temporary that we would imagine a dip would be or something more permanent. 
And if we return to that book by Seth Godin about the dip, it's a it's a book that teaches you when to quit and when to stick. He talks about trying to see the dip for what it is. If you can lean into it and you're making progress, is the effort worth it? You know, if there's some questions to ask and helping you stick or quit, that's a good thing to know. And it's a good thing to know about the decision to leave shouldn't be a kind of reactive decision. You know, it's, it, you know, it's something that needs to be th- thought through. And he calls this strategic quitting and views it as a highly successful approach in that it recognises that despite all your efforts, you're not getting where you want to be. And this making a change, maybe not quitting, but making a change doesn't mean you're giving up. It's about changing direction and about looking after yourself. It's about not making just away moves like, I don't want to be here, but trying to move towards the other things that you want for your future. This first part of the change might be in being honest with yourself and acknowledge that this is not going to work. And as well as that, have the courage to make the change. Louise, what do you think about that? You know, I really like the idea that there's positivity in the change, though I'm not so sure about the word quitting. <laughs> I think we kind of view that as a bit negative, but perhaps that's a cultural thing. I don't know. We could turn it around and say quitting sometimes can be good when we quit for the right reasons. We're not just throwing our hands up and walking away because it's got a little bit tough. I think for many students, students, I'd imagine that they might be struggling with this on their own. So it's really important that they are able to discuss without the pressure of having to stay on the course they have chosen you know, to discuss why they're feeling as they are and what they might want for the future. You know, we both know students who have made successful changes and not looked back. So you know, there is a positive outcome possibly there for you, but you know, it has to be for the right reasons. Yeah, and of course, some people see it as a sign of weakness, lack of resilience, you know, this generation, snowflakes and so on, um, no staying power. So there is that kind of dialogue around. And if you're feeling that, then yeah, that's probably something quite real and quite realistic to be feeling. But I would also say it's a function of a number of things. You know, we all make mistakes and I think it's really good to know that we can make different choices if we've made a mistake. You know, we don't have to exist through that mistake if really deep down we know it's wrong for us. And it does take guts to admit to mistakes and to decide to to leave. But as Elizabeth has said, just make sure it's a considered decision. It's not a reactive one. It's just strategic. You've really thought it through. And then you're not running away from something that went wrong with a friendship or you made a mistake somewhere and you're finding it difficult to face up to that. Uh, That's really important. You make sure you're not running away. This needs to be a really solid decision and well considered. Yeah, I I agree. And I know some students who have changed universities and courses several times before they found a good fit at a different university or even a job that they decided that was the thing that was going to bring them what they were looking for. And, you know, I think we have to be aware that there is an expectation that many young people just will go to university. And although these expectations are good, it might not be the route for all of them. It might not be the route for you. 
So it does take some awareness and courage to follow your own path and to make and create a future that's good for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think also it's really important to underline and emphasise, you know, talk to someone about this decision and it's really essential that you investigate the financial implications of making a change. Your your university will have information about this and so it's really important you contact student finances about your loan and fees and make sure that you understand what the consequences financially are of this decision because it will depend on at what point you are, if you decide to leave, you decide to leave as to what what the universities will enforce in terms of accommodation payment and tuition fees from the so so really do some research and find that out and it does vary from institution to institution so the financial side of things is one factor to consider in making a good choice there's lots of others as well but it's really important to spend some time on that and there's just one tool I wanted to throw in here to help you think this through. And um, it's kind of three three questions that you can ask yourself. And you can ask them yourself these three questions about the, the, the two options. So will I stay or will I go? Those are the two options. And so you can say to yourself about staying, you know, what is the best that could happen if I stay? You know, and write about that and think about that. You know, what could be good about what's best staying? And what is the worst that could happen if I stay? And then what is most likely to happen? Because there's usually that middle ground. And then do the same for leaving. What is the best that could happen if I leave? What is the worst that could happen if I leave? And what would be most likely to happen? And that might help you just to get things into perspective and see those two options in contrast. I think some frameworks like that are really important because sometimes when our emotions are high, it's hard to think (laughs) things through I like that. So let's go on to tip five, our last one for the episode. Um, And we're going to focus on coming out of the other side of the dip. And we want you to think about there is there is momentum. There is going to be a time out of the dip and focusing. It's going to be important. So there you are. You survived the dip. And of course, there'll be sighs of relief. You might be noticing some days are less hard or you might even be noticing more better days or more of the time of the days better. And you might at this point just want to leave all that tough bit behind. And yet at the same time, it will be really good to capture what helped you through these times. The things within yourself or maybe from other people. And you've mentioned it before and here again life happens in these transitions. So knowing this can help you in all the other transitions you have again. And again, this is a little bit of a thinking exercise for you, might help you to write them down. Think about your experience and write some notes for yourself. How did you view the dip? Was it part of a transition cycle, something that's common to experience, or was it something unknown and unfamiliar to you? And you might want to link that between how you viewed this thing and then how you responded to it, because the way we view things kind of drives a little bit of our behaviour. So how did you view the dips, the first one? The second point is, what did the dip feel like to you? And we mentioned some of these things, so you can be thinking, were these things that were common to you? The isolation and loneliness, Was it hard to talk about? 
Were you exhausted? Did you have that missing home, friends, old routine, that homesickness? Were your emotions changed? Did you feel low, anxious, frustrated? Did you lose confidence and competence? Did you question and doubt your decision? Did you feel any contagion from others when they were kind of wound up about things? What was around for you? Then we're going to be thinking about what did you do that helped yourself in this dip? And we've talked about this in other, other podcasts about using maybe your strengths, using your ability to connect, using using the kind of fundamentals that we've talked about. But what did you do that helped yourself in this dip? And the last question is, what did you learn about yourself? If things you did were useful, maybe if they weren't useful, but maybe how you could have changed your situation. So, so again, here's a little four questions. How did you view the dip? What did the dip feel like to you? What did you do that helped yourself in the dip? What did you learn about yourself? And Louise, can I ask you that last question? Because I know you and I both have been through our dips. They've been common to us as they're common to many people. Uh, what did you learn about yourself? What was useful for you? Yeah, um, definitely. And and just to give some context before I give the answer then. So I've moved internationally quite a few times. And you know, one of the things about moving internationally, so relocating to live abroad somewhere, you do have some dips as you adjust to new locations. And I think the first lesson is that new situations can be overwhelming. So we already discussed that. But, you know, you have so much that you're getting used to and adjusting to. So new people, well, you're leaving people behind. That's number one. So there's that sadness, that loss, which as students you have to experience. Meeting new people, you need to work out those new social situations, social connections, new language, perhaps, new ways of doing things and operating the new new environment and location and getting used to it and getting learning how to do all those basic things that I know as students you'll have all been getting used to as well. So there's many similarities to the move to university. And the truth is it can be overwhelming. And when things are overwhelming, we use our internal resources to cope. You know, we're switched on a lot of the time compared to when we're comfortably at home and in familiar surroundings, we relax a lot more but in the new situation we're having to engage so many more of our abilities capacities just to get through so it's exhausting in that sense so you know it's not it's not just overwhelm um well it's overwhelmed but the overwhelm happens because it is physically emotionally psychologically tiring and you're all experiencing that too so the important thing is to cut yourself some slack so what have i learned from the experience well i've learned that cut yourself some slack downtime is more important than you realize and I really emphasize that so back to rest and relaxation episode last week <laughs> don't be harsh on yourself when things go wrong try and see the funny side if you can and know that it's going to get better it will get better know that friendships take time genuine connection can't be rushed Sometimes you get lucky and you click very quickly with someone. Sometimes it takes weeks and some months. 
So just know that and know it's not you, it's just the situation, circumstances and just life and how sometimes life works out. As, as long as you're getting out there, I mean, obviously you sat in your room not seeing anyone, then obviously <laughs> there's a reason behind that. Allow the emotions to flow. So acknowledge when you feel sad and overwhelmed or frustrated and perhaps a bit worried and acknowledge that they're normal part of this adjustment process. So give them some space, allow yourself to feel them but then start to look forward and find things that are good to do that feed your soul and light you up, you know, your interests, things that make you happy. Look for those and, and, and go in and get involved in those. And also make sure you make some progress with something. I think this is really important. And I acknowledge the progress you're making because it can feel that you're making no progress. It's like you're walking on you know, a conveyor belt and never moving forward. That's how it can feel but you are actually making, okay, it might be tiny steps, but you are moving forward. So take time to acknowledge those because that's important for your well-being. And most importantly, if you need help, ask for it. People love to help. They really do. Um, and then I, as a final plea, just because of the international connection here, if your university has international students and it probably does, then you know, give them an extra smile invite them for a coffee, lunch, involve them in some way in your activities because often they are struggling, um, perhaps more than you know because nobody says anything and they really could do with some extra support and connection. So, yeah, help them out. Elizabeth, Oh, anything? Louise, there's lots of learning to capture in that, isn't there? Yeah. Yes. And I would, <laughs> I would agree with absolutely everything you said, and the only thing I think I'd add from for me, from my point of view, is that the more I made these transitions and changes in my life, the more I knew about myself mm. and the more I knew about what helped me. Mm. So in the end, I ended up with, I well, I've got this kind of blueprint that I know if I'm if there's going to be some kind of transition point as I've had recently in my, you know, in my family that I know these are the, these are the ways that I can look after myself. Now it's not a fixed blueprint, but it's kind of generally, this is the thing that I need to do to look after myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's quite reassuring to have a kind of plan in my mind about what I need to do. Yeah. And I think it's really valuable to have that and to also know that, okay, this is a big transition, starting university, leaving home, becoming independent, but you're going to have a number of transitions over the next three, four years, however long you're at university, and then beyond when you leave. But during your university time, you're going to transition back, perhaps to living at home in the holidays. Perhaps you won't, but if you do, then that's a transition. And then transition between the years as well. And you'll go through some aspects of this experience each year and I was my daughter's in year two and I was talking to her this week and what were six weeks five six weeks in and yeah I could see I could hear the dip in the way she was talking and so know that you'll have it perhaps not as intensely but it will happen in another year and you'll have this experience you'll be able to go oh yeah so that's what's happening and I know what helped because I got through it last year so I can do the same this year yeah. really important Great. Louise, can you recap on our five tips today? Indeed I can. So tips in our well-being are common in experiences or change experiences and dips are part of the transition cycle. So 
so important to remember that. We talked about how to handle a dip and gave you a whole load of suggestions there. And we also talked about what to do if you're feeling that perhaps a change is needed. And I think our underlying message is there, be strategic, not reactive. So make sure you're making a good decision and that it's grounded in, in, in sensible thinking rather than an emotional reaction. And then coming out the other side, know what's important, learn from the experience because that builds your capacity, well, builds your confidence because it builds your capability and knowing that you can manage yourself through change. And that's such a, a valuable lesson for life, it really is. I really like those five tips today. So that was a pretty full episode. We hope that you found the tips useful. Now, if you're really struggling, please, please, please reach out to someone for support. Ask for help. You can reach out to your university wellbeing services, your GP, your counsellors, your tutor, your parents and friends and family. Please don't suffer in silence. More generally, here are a few further resources that everyone might find helpful. So thinking about the experience of transition, there's a great book written by Bruce Feiler called Life is in the Transitions. And also another great read about the highs and lows of life is called Peaks and Valleys, making the good and bad times work for you, Spencer Johnson. From the Successful Student Transitions podcast, this podcast, thinking about the transition process, there's episode one, Beat the Transition Blues, and episode two, Successfully Riding the Waves of Change. And if you want to think about asking for help, listen to episode six, Why It Helps to Ask. So that's all for today. We'll be back next week with five tips to help energise the home run. Until then, have a great week. Bye-bye for now. And now for the legal bits. The information contained in this podcast is for information purposes only. The content is not intended to act as a substitute for professional advice. Please do not delay in seeking professional help for any medical or mental health condition. Use of the information on this podcast and associated materials is at the user's own risk.